Welcome to a Catalyst for Change podcast, where we are a catalyst to inspire compassion among people, promote collaboration with leaders, and build capacity for programming. Hello, and welcome to the Catalyst for Change show hosted by Support After Abortion. Today, I have the honor of being your host. My name is Lisa Rowe, and I am the CEO of this amazing ministry that is really helping to end the demand for abortion through a new way, through helping people heal that have been impacted by abortion. I have the amazing honor to interview one of our board of directors today. I really think that the Lord wants us to talk about what it is to be a leader in this new movement, the abortion healing movement. And so without further ado, Joan, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks, Lisa. I am so glad you're here with us and you really embody for me, Joan, what it is to be a leader in our industry. And so would you tell people a little bit about maybe some of the reasons why you do the work that you do and some of the places that you do this amazing work? Yeah, it wasn't just something I woke up in the morning and said, I think I'm going to do get involved in abortion, abortion healing. Uh, because I've personally never experienced an abortion, but uh, I guess I was on the board of Thrive uh, Metro East and uh, it's a pregnancy center in, in the St. Louis area on the east side. But um, I was just so amazed by all the good work being done there. And I thought I was pretty plugged into my pro-life community, but there was just so much good work being done. And I lived in Illinois for over 30 years. I just recently moved to Missouri, but in Illinois, I don't know. It's, it's so pro-abortion. It's almost seems hopeless. I probably came from a very hopeless place. And, um, what can I do? What can, I was almost a little bit hopeless about, you know, the pro-life movement, but, um, through my work on that board, uh, it led to getting connected with someone else and a father at our church connected me with Janine. I got involved with uh, luncheons for life. And then through luncheons for life, it just gave so much more hope. It you saw so much that was going on in my community that I didn't even know about, because I was just in my own little world, I guess. And there were people right there in my community doing things that I'm like, this is amazing. People need to know about this, you know. And out of that came 40 Days for Life, and we just kept saying at the luncheons for life, you know, somebody needs to lay to 40 Days for Life, and people over in Illinois were like, well, what's 40 days for life? And uh, it just really got down to the wire. And then someone said, well, maybe you should lay 40 days for life. And then we started a 40 days for life in Granite City, Illinois. And that is just, this is like our fourth campaign. And it's just, that has just been an eye opener for me to go there on the front lines and see these women coming out. Uh, and just through the work that I've done and learning about how bad abortion is for women and I saw one woman coming out of that hope facility in Granite City and she was really throwing up in the parking lot as she walked out and these women look terrified when they come out it's, it's horrible and and then I've heard about all the you know the addiction and suicidal depression all these things and I'm thinking this isn't right you know and we were trying to find a speaker for our luncheons for life. Janine always wants us to talk about post-abortion, uh, have a speaker come forward. I couldn't find anyone in our area to talk about 
abortion. And I thought statistically, there have to be women here. We're 30 minutes from an abortion facility. You know, they say one in four women will have an abortion before they're 45. And that just really got me thinking, what is going on? They're in our churches. No one's talking about it. You know, maybe everyone else felt hopeless kind of a little bit like I did. And I just felt like there is so much more hope, so many people doing good things. And it just really inspired me to get involved. That's amazing. And I love that what feels like accident, right? For you to land in these leadership roles and involvement in your community, it really is an accident at all, Joan, because you really became pro-life or maybe have always been pro-life, but you have your own experience of how meaningful life is that's really close to you. I'd love for you to share that with our audience. Yeah, uh, my I have three children and my second child, Joe, was born with Down syndrome and I, I didn't know it ahead of time. Uh, they asked me if I wanted to have an ultrasound and, uh, or no, not the amniocentesis, whatever that test is, you can tell. I'm like, no, cause you know, it doesn't really matter to me. And, uh, so when he was born, um, they said he had down syndrome and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I was kind of like upset and I didn't really understand or know, but then he had a life-threatening condition. They had to fly him to Children's Hospital in a helicopter. And for the fir first three weeks of the life, he was in uh, the neonatal intensive care unit. He had to have two surgeries. So then I went from like, poor me to like, oh God, please let him live. I mean, this was my baby, you know? Uh, and then after that, once you get over the initial shock and start talking to other people came out, I didn't know anything about this, the world of disability or special needs. Uh, I just wanted my child to live, but all these people came to support me and help educate me. And then he's just a child like everyone else. And you know, luckily I had two other children uh, that it's just amazing journey to watch him grow up. I mean, he's, it's changed our life. I know completely, but I know he has an older sister and a younger brother. And um, so right now he's the godfather of my, my grandson. So my daughter has a baby and he's almost two and Joe's the godfather. And then my son Jack's getting married in June and he asked Joe to be the best man. So, I mean, just having, being around, I feel like that's one of the most pro-life things I can do. It's like he serves at our church. He's a bagger at our grocery store. He's been involved on swim teams. We try to get him in regular school and it just, you know, because I feel like people with disabilities in other countries, they're not even allowed to be born, especially mm -hmm. people with Down syndrome. And he's brought so much, he's changed me. You know, I can't change who that is, but I can change how I react to him. And it's taught me a lot about myself. Um, so it's, it's been, I always thought God might want me involved in the pro-life movement because of that, but I didn't really know how, and now he's, pretty much grown and all these opportunities start happening. <laughs> yes. So I feel like that's how leaders evolve. We have something that personally convicts us, whether we know how God's going to use it or not. It personally convicts us. It makes us very confident in what it is that God wants us to do. I mean, if, if your son isn't how isn't the how or what we say the why behind your what like he has value he has purpose he mm -hmm. is a blessing to your family yeah. um 
I'm, I imagine that none of you could, could imagine life without him. And so much of the world says, don't worry, that life isn't, that life isn't valuable. And, and the abortion world will tell you like, you have a choice in the matter. And it's like, you're here to say, no, he is an integral part of our family. And the light, the way you light up talking about him, I mean, I couldn't even imagine what that would be like. And I get to see, I get to see like God's goodness because the opportunities he's been giving and people can see by looking at him and talking to him that maybe he doesn't know how to do everything, but they, people go out of themselves and like he gets amazing opportunities to do things and people are always offering to take him here, take him there, or, you know, go to the go to see a play or just you get to witness God's goodness firsthand and see it, it's an opportunity for mercy continually. Wow. And it's, it's beautiful, really. It's amazing. So we're talking a little bit about how um, pro-life leadership kind of happens. And, and a lot of times it's just like Joan said, it's organic. Like you had your son who gave you such like an inspiration. And then here you are given these opportunities that feel like maybe accidental, but they're not at all because I mean, Joan, you have such amazing talent and you are such a connector. And I feel like when I get emails from you, it's like, yes, I got to follow through with that because she knows somebody that knows somebody. And um, talk to me a little bit about that journey, Joan. So you came from, you know, I, I don't really know what my purpose is, finding that you've been asked to lead these in these places that have such value and meaning. And now you're here, you're sitting in it. You have these leadership roles, like what's happening in your world and how can you, how are you contributing? I feel like part of all this is just because uh, my spiritual journey too. Uh, I'm Catholic and I've been on retreat and there's been on some retreats where like I go on these silent retreats and they're Ignatian and you know, the whole goal of the spiritual life is to love and to be like another Christ in the world. And when you think about that, if that's our whole goal, I mean, how can you be Christ to someone else? I mean, so I just, in the little way that I can be kind to other people, I mean, I, and I try to do it with, with Joe, but then I kept getting introduced to all these other things and then hearing about in the pro-life movement, um, these women that are hurting, it was just like, and in some of our work, we came into like, people were not very kind to the women who were hurting. Um, but I just, I felt like God was really calling me to reach out and be that other loving voice uh and and not be it's easy to be critical maybe but to think about how christ you know so many times in the bible he he's reaching out to the sinners he's reaching out to the most wounded the most vulnerable the both and all i feel like these women are vulnerable um they're hurting uh and they're keeping this all quiet inside for such a long time and jesus wants to reach every single person deep down in their heart and heal them and for me it's very spiritual like in my prayer i feel like god wants me to be in this movement just because he wants healing and if we can bring healing uh, 
and mercy that I just feel like that's such a huge part of God and so much of our world doesn't know about God it seems like anymore right so your obedience is allowing you to be God to others and I'm so grateful to hear that because I imagine that there's people out there that can identify with pieces of your journey I don't know why this is all happening, but I'm going to show up anyways. And then God opens one door after the other. And your, your journey of wanting to love people like Christ did has allowed you into spaces that are somewhat unique, Joan, because not everybody is open to this idea of abortion healing, especially in the pro-life movement. Um, you know, with what you said about, I, I wanted a speaker to come talk to us about abortion and I couldn't find one. So Talk to us a little bit about what you've learned as being a leader, knowing you want to show up in this place of um, love, but not everybody's meeting you where you're at. How, how, how is that for you? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think sometimes it's just like, like you said, God prepared us. Like I, I grew up in Missouri, but then I lived in Illinois and then living in Illinois, so I was able, I knew people from Missouri, I knew people from Illinois, and then somehow those worlds kept connecting a little bit. And then Father Jeremy knew somebody, and then somebody else knew someone. So it was a lot of that was just interconnectedness a little bit. And I, the 40 days for life, it was kind of like, it came down to the last day you could sign up to be the leader. And then Brian Westbrook from Coalition for Life said, maybe you should be the leader. I came home and I prayed with my husband, like, I don't know. He goes, I think we should do it. So we signed up and I kept telling myself, it was four people, me and my husband, Brian Westbrook and uh, Father Mike Meinhart. Uh, he had been at the luncheon and Brian came over, Brian Westbrook came over from St. Louis and he's like, this is how he laid it all out, everything to do. And I kept telling myself, there was a Bible verse that came to my mind when I said I was going to do this. Power is made perfect in weakness. And I thought, I, there's no way I can do a 40 days. It's way beyond my thing. So every time I got really upset or anxious, I kept saying, power is made perfect in weakness. It is God's work, not my work. So I just, I kept reminding myself that God will figure it out. He's calling me to do this. Every single door opened up that we needed. We got, I had to call people that I didn't even know to ask them to be on the core team. I mean, it was just, it all, now we have these amazing people and they don't even really need me anymore. It's like amazing. They have people going out. We have sidewalk counselors on the sidewalks now. It, when God wants something to happen, all these, everything just kind of works out. I don't really understand exactly, but if you keep praying, you keep trusting, and you keep taking one little step at a time. It is amazing. God just uses your little bitty yes and can just magnify it. I, I don't know. Oh, I love that you, what you, what, by what you're sharing today, you're convicting me um, because I feel like that is what maybe is lacking in our movement is this trust and faith that the next best thing is going to happen, that God's next best opportunity, next best scenario, next best is, you know, we're so I, I feel like from my perspective that we get caught up in the numbers and the statistics and the woman who had the abortion and we didn't save her before she had the abortion and um, gosh, all these other things that can get in the way and distract us. But what I hear you saying, Joan, and it's just convicting me so much today is that like, 
you know without a shadow of a doubt that God has called you to this place. He has equipped you all day long from everything you've said. And that as long as you show up, you know you are doing God's will. And that's what he needs is more of us to do that, right? I feel totally convicted of that. Because if I can do it, anyone can do it. It just takes, you have to be willing to do the work. And that part of all my retreat too, they were talking about how do you show love? It's not just uh, you show your love by what you do. Actions speak louder than words. There's a quote from St. Ignatius. And he's at the end of when you do the spiritual exercises on this retreat, it has some, I can't remember the exact quote, but it's, it's how you show your love by what you do. And that has been my biggest thing. It's like, come on, people wake up. We've got to like, if everybody, we can't like Mother Teresa or somebody said, we can't all do everything, but we can all do something. We can do that and be faithful in that. And so somehow God has let me, all these people come into my life and I can connect this person with that person and that person with this person. <laughs> That's just what I do. And I just, I don't know, God's at work. <laughs> It's amazing. And yesterday in the St. Ignatius book um, that Janine gave me, we talked about being beyond compassion. And that's what we're doing at Support After Abortion, right, Joan? Like we are showing up beyond compassion. No more of this hate or condemnation language do we want to see exist for women and men who have experienced abortion. Exactly what you said. We want to help them find healing. And as somebody that's in the pro-life movement, we have got to fight hard with through God for, for sure, but showing up in love and in caring and in friendship, because we have, a, there's parts of our movement that have a bad reputation. Yeah. Joan, I just saw this today by somebody who's prolifically pro-life that said real man, real men stand for life. And I don't know that people understand that you would look at that statement and you'd think, oh, that's a beautiful statement. Yes. Real men stand for life. But what we're coming to do at Support After Abortion is to say, yes, real men do stand for life. But what about that real man who didn't stand for life five years ago, three years ago, 10 years ago? Where's the messaging for him? What do you think other leaders like you, Joan, need to hear about that? I mean, I think Jesus, even today in the, the gospel talks about None of, none of us uh, can throw the first stone because we all have sin. I mean, we're, none of us are perfect. I mean, none of us in our lives, we've all done things we wish we hadn't have done. And as we get older, you know, but sometimes God can use our weakness. And they've actually said on retreat, sometimes God can use your weakness more than your strength. Sometimes your wounds can become your biggest, you know, like a Jesus his wounds and he shows up after the resurrection, his wounds haven't gone away. You still see him in the resurrection Christ. His wounds are still there. I mean, so, but sometimes his glory can shine through those wounds. And I think that is the opportunity for these men and women uh, that are wounded by abortion. If we can, there's a woman who came forth um, in our 40 days. She's my, she's in her early to mid sixties. And she had an abortion in Granite city when she was young, her mom took her there and forced her to have an abortion, but she's just now coming forward. 
that's what I, I hear of that so many years went by where there was just sorrow, there was pain, there was, you know, I, I don't even know, but it just, they're in a place where they don't feel comfortable. We want them to know that they can talk about it. I mean, that's what Christ did. He came for sinners like us. We're not a perfect church. We're a wounded church and we need to reach out to all these people if we don't do it, who's going to do it? We need to be open to them and not be legalistic, not be hateful on the sidewalk, uh, not be not be condemning, uh, you know, just let them know there's hope and healing. I feel like it's a message of Christianity, really. I think it's reaching the wounded. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's why I'm in it. Yeah. And it's, you know, it just goes to show just as a piece of education for those listening. We have more than 40 years of legalized abortion right now existing in our country, right? We have four generations who have experienced abortion. We know from the stories and the impact that abortion is generational. It is a cycling behavior from one generation to the next. And so when a message like real men choose life or real man defend life comes about, there is a part of our pro-life culture that goes, yes, yes, because we're defending life at the political level. And I want people to understand the differentiation. Like that is a political statement. What we want to really do at Support After Abortion is humanize abortion. It is a wound, like Joan said, that we're carrying from generation to generation to generation. And if those political messages keep resounding stronger than the human message that real men get help for abortion, real men find a support group or whatever we can just, how we change that message into a compassionate message, we're going to make very little impact um, to the over 60 million abortions that have happened. Because Joan, I say this all the time, when the door closes at night, grandma, mom, whomever, aunt, best friend has way more influence over that young woman's life who's facing an unexpected pregnancy than, you know, the the neighbor next door or the doctor who has 10 minutes with her or the sidewalk advocate who has 10 minutes with her. All of those people matter, but at the end of the day, that family has the most amount of influence. That partner has the most amount of influence. And if they're walking in an unhealed uh, abortion experience or their own narrative around abortion and haven't found healing for that, I mean, we're, we're defenseless in a lot of ways. And so we believe at Support After Abortion how important it is to heal those generations because then the families start healing each other, right? Yeah, the statistics show if a woman has an abortion, uh, 50% of them will have another abortion. So if we can help heal these men and women out there before they have their second abortion, oh my gosh, we could potentially prevent more people from getting abortions. I mean, so bringing healing is, it's really important. I love it. So Joan, you said that you're in the Missouri area or sorry, the St. Louis area. Would you share with people how they might get connected with you, either if they're interested in 40 days for life, coming to a luncheons for life, however else, how would they connect with you? Well, you can go to luncheonsforlife.com. And then we have a St. Louis, you connect with us that way uh, in St. Louis. Um, 
And then I guess the 40 days for life uh, in Granite City, we have 40 daysgc.com for Granite City. You could uh, go there and send us an email through that. That would be wonderful. I don't know. That's great. Yeah. Um, Joan, I am so grateful for your leadership, for your yes, for the journey that you shared with us today. I think you're really going to inspire a lot more leaders to take that next step. I think a lot of people sit on the fence and don't do what you've done. And so for that, I'm so grateful. It's just a little step. If everybody can just do a little bit, God can really magnify it. And you are an example of that. Thank you. And thanks for sharing with us today. Uh, if you are interested in learning more about how to become a leader in the abortion healing movement, become trained maybe as a board of directors or an organization, we would love to connect with you. Visit us today at supportafterabortion.com. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us today. If you or someone you know has been impacted by abortion, you are not alone. Contact us today at supportafterabortion.com. If you were inspired by today's message, we welcome you to join the conversation by following us on Facebook or Instagram.